Welcome to the fourth episode of the Student Services Podcast. Join me, Natalia, as I speak to our first guest outside of the college, Melissa, the comms and PA officer of Who Cares Scotland, about how Care Experience History Month started and the support Who Cares Scotland offers. Hi, Melissa. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, thanks for joining me today. Um, thanks for having me I kind of wanted to um, start off this episode maybe if you could give a brief history or explain explanation of um, Care Experience History Month yeah of course Um, so Care Experience History Month um, first started in April 2021 and it took inspiration from like other liberation movements and history and awareness movements so things like Black History Month and LGBTQ plus history month and we did this for the first time last year and we invited activists and allies from around the world to kind of come together and commemorate the history of care in their respective countries Um, and we did that through a range of different events and activities in April but the history of care and our community is so vast it was never going to be possible to kind of even make a drop in the ocean of it in a single month So we are continuing it. And so we've had our second Care Experience History Month that's been this April, and we want it to kind of go as an annual event. And we hope to just kind of keep reaching more and more people each year. And that's with like the kind of knowledge of, if we can come together, we can begin to understand the history of the care system. We'll begin to know why the care system that people experience today is the way it is and how those systems have came to be. Um, I'm realising I'm saying the phrase care experienced and care experienced people quite a bit. And I don't know if it's maybe helpful if I explain what that means. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, care experienced um, is a really big umbrella phrase, I guess, for anyone who's currently or has been in the state care system. And that's things um, like being in a children's home, foster care, kinship care, adoption and looked after at home. And we at Hooker Scotland kind of chose to use the phrase care experience because we were realising um, it's not a singular event in your life. It shouldn't define where you are in the process. And like we believe like there's a lifelong impact on the experiences of being in care. And so that's why we use the term care experience. But I realise unless you've heard of it before, you probably don't know what it means. Yeah, it is a broad term. Yeah, so but that's kind of... What I really like with the phrase, it's not singling out exactly what it is. You're not saying, oh, I was, an, I was a foster kid or I was a resi kid, which is some of the different phrases other people use. Um, it just kind of makes it a much more broader, more welcoming thing. And it doesn't have to really pinpoint it because there's other phrases um, like looked after child or care lever. And it really like those ones are used more by like sector professionals. And it's for where you are in the process. So if you're looked after, you're still currently being taken care of by the state and if you're a care leaver you've left the care system and it's not recognizing just the impact that would have on you for a lifelong period of time you don't leave it and care doesn't leave you exactly and people are always in different stages as well it's so vast yeah exactly so that's why I personally like I'll identify care experience and um, I really welcome other people to kind of come closer to the phrase as well and how has the um, Care Experience History Month developed over time? Yeah, so I think 
Care Experience History Month first uh, originated from Who Care Scotland. I guess we were using the phrase care in Scotland hadn't changed in over 100 years. And we wanted to kind of make sure we could just substantiate that claim um, before we went like just kept using it and going public with it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a girl who was in the public affairs team, Charlotte Armitage, she kind of started looking back into the history of care and had discovered the poor law acts. Um, and so it was right that the founding principles of care hadn't changed. And I think it was about actually 150 years. Um, from then, that kind of sparked an interest in the public affairs team and specifically Charlotte's um, to kind of explore the history of care a bit more. And we took that kind of information into a presentation we delivered for the First Minister Nicola Sturgeon and uh, it was for our Care Day celebrations in 2020. (laughs) It's hard to remember because it was just before uh, the pandemic hit and it was from there that we started building on like our knowledge of the history of care and from that we thought of doing the first of our Care Experience History Month and that's just kind of kept building and it's kind of growing arms and legs so uh, this year uh, Scotland, we just kind of focus on our own work and what we could do for Care Experience History Month but there's other people who were involved in the first year like people in Australia who are still doing the Care Experience things for Care Experience History Month in April over there and there's other organisations that are doing their own events throughout April which is really nice to see. That's good that it's come of, become a community thing and you started it um, and besides starting um, Care Experience History Month um, what else um, does Who Cares Scotland do and how, how do you guys operate usually? Yeah, so I guess Care Experience Session Month is just like a little facet of Who Cares Scotland. It's like uh, not our main thing. So Who Cares Scotland is the only national uh, membership organisation for care experience people in Scotland. Uh, and through that, we have a membership of over 3,000 uh, care experience people. Uh, but on top of that, we're an advocacy organisation, so we provide advocacy to care experience people who are currently in the care system or those who are left. We are massive champions of lifelong advocacy, and we do that um, through a range of different things. We also champion care experience people's voice, and we do that to influence change locally and nationally. Um, but all of those things uh, kind of build into who we are, so we're a massive organisation. We just really want to make sure care experienced people can achieve a lifetime of quality, respect and uh, love. And on top of all that, we do a whole bunch of different activities. Um, so for care experienced people, we will do like a, before COVID, it was an annual Christmas dinner. Uh, from COVID, we t- changed that into like a winter wishes campaign um, where we just like try and grant care experienced people's wishes. Um, before COVID, we had our summer camp. That's now changed into like our get into summer programmes. Um, but there's a whole range of things I think I could probably go on for ages so I'll stop there. We can definitely link um, to all the activities that are going on but I'm sure yeah a lot has had to change over the years because of the pandemic Um, and you've had to adapt your offers as well. Yeah definitely so we were very much a hands-on organisation a lot of our advocates would meet every day with a whole range of different people we're providing advocacy for and because of the pandemic that massively changed how we could operate but also meant that we created our helpline uh, which is still up and running today so uh, I think in the first week or two of going into our first uh, lockdown we created our national helpline which was just a way for anyone who was care experienced or people who are 
like kinship carers or foster carers, they could get in touch with us and we would try and see what supports are out there and we'd get signpost them and help them apply for different grants or funds. And that has continued today and it's a lifelong offer. So it's not age capped and anyone can call us up for help. And how can people get involved in that and volunteer? So we have a lot of different ways uh, people can get involved, uh, specifically for volunteering. Um, we have local volunteers across the country. Um, so if you did want to volunteer, if you go onto our website and get, go to the Get Involved Volunteer section, you'll see what volunteer vacancies we're advertising for and recruiting for. Um, but there's a lot of different stuff our volunteers do. So they'll, we've got volunteers that help us run our helpline now. They help us deliver our winter wishes campaigns or our Christmas dinner. Uh, and they just do a whole range of work. And I'm virtually not part of the volunteering team, so I only know a little bit of it, but our volunteers are key to making sure that we can do all the work that we do. I'd like to go more into the supports that students can receive. There's things like the Care Experience Student Bursary, which was introduced a couple of years ago, which is a like grant for any Care Experience student who is under the age of 26 in full-time education at college or university. Um, or I think SAS has recently introduced the option for care experience students to receive their payments across 12 months instead of just the uh, educational year. Um, but like I mentioned, I don't really know exactly the student supports. If you are looking for support and you're a student, uh, do get in touch with our helpline. They are the people who know everything about all the legislation, supports, grants uh, that are out there for people. Um, also, I know that each college and university has a care experienced uh, student lead. So I think you, Natalia, know better about who it is. Uh, yeah, our um, lead is Louise Downey at the moment. I also wanted to ask kind of um, more towards Who Cares Scotland and what um, specific initiatives you have for um, care experienced people. We have lots of different um, ways people can get involved. We've got lots of uh, participation opportunities, I guess, what it is. So we are constantly asking for people's opinions and for their help to help us change the system so there's different things uh, on at the moment so we've got like a digital well-being group which is a group of care experienced people that are helping deliver like create guidance on how they like we can support care experienced people to be um i'm trying to remember fully what it is uh, what digital well-being means i think it's just making sure that they are on the same level as everyone else with technology so we're currently recruiting for people to uh, be involved in a new project with the NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde uh, staff to help create an online toolkit for professionals and carers to better support care experience people with their sexual well-being and relationships and that's for anyone who is aged 12 to 26 I believe uh, so if you don't want to get involved with that uh, if you go onto our website you can find out more about that or on our social media platforms. And Who Cares Scotland um, also has a membership. Would you be able to kind of explain more about that and what you gain from that? Yeah, so we are a membership organisation and we have over 3,000 members across Scotland and that is all care experience people. Um, and with that, if you join to be a member, you'll get included in our uh, quarterly membership magazine, Speak Out. You'll get a monthly newsletter called Newsflash and... Uh, both of those are really great ways to kind of find out what's happening in the organisation, what events we're putting on, what offers we have for care experienced people. On top of that, uh, you'll get invited to all the different events. 
And that's a great place where we all share different legislation changes and different things that are happening that might affect the lives of care experience people. It's a great way for like just catching up and making sure that people are aware of what's happening out there that might actually impact their lives. Could I also um, ask more about what you do at Who Cares Scotland and your role? I'm really interested to hear more. Yeah, so I am the communications and public affairs officer. I um, <laughs> It's a long job title. I used to be part of the public affairs team when we merged with the communications team. And it means that we have a quite large remit. So we do a lot of the outward facing like communications. So that's anything to do with like the press and the media, as well as like our own website and social media. Uh, and also like all the communications we have to our internal staff, because we have a staff of about 150 people. So we have to make sure that they're always aware of what's happening for the organisation. Uh, and on top of that, it means we do different things like our campaigns, like Care Experience History Month. Um, it does mean like I'm not really too sure what's coming one week from the next because no day is the same but I, I love my job and that's what I kind of enjoy about it. I learn so much because I feel like as a comms person we are aware of what's happening across all the different teams uh, which is a really nice place to be in. Yeah and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah definitely I'm always learning about something new and a topic I didn't know I'd ever have to learn about. <laughs> and how did you get started in Who Cares Scotland? So I started in November 2019 and I joined as um, a Community Job Scotland scheme. So that is for people when I was under 26 at the time. Um, So you have to be under 26 and there's various um, criteria for joining and it varies depending on the organisation. But for myself, when I joined, I had to, I was not in employment or in education and I was care experienced and under the age of 26 were like the requirements for when I applied and I applied to be the public affairs assistant which was the bottom scale of like the team um and I joined I think on a part-time contract and I've joined I absolutely loved it so I kept working and trying to like build my way up and I slowly but surely got increased from part-time contract to a full-time contract and um I was a one-year contract you get on a Community Job Scotland uh, contract so from then I just kept trying to work to make sure I could stay for beyond my year and I have since worked my way up and I went from assistant to support officer to the uh, officer role that I'm in now. Wow that's really that's great to hear that you've had so much development and participation in Who Cares Scotland. Yeah it's been really great I think what's great with the Community Job Scotland scheme was I came in kind of knowing I already wanted to work in comms because I'd done uh, public relations before but Mm. they were constantly whenever there's an opportunity available to me uh, even if it wasn't in like the public affairs team they were always like flagging it to me and like you get training Uh, I think I had like a training budget that I got to spend on things that were of interest to me Um, I'm not too sure if the Community Jobs Scotland scheme is still running I really hope it is because it's a great scheme so if you are possibly going to graduate from college soon definitely look into them because they were a great scheme to get me back into like my career field and because you've been um through all those roles I feel like it makes you even more integrated into Who Cares Scotland and and kind of really um not improves your work but because you've been through all these roles you can kind of get a more um more insight into your output 
yeah definitely like I feel like I've been close to the different works of lots of different teams so I don't think my knowledge would be half as good as if I just came straight into this role that I'm in now. And could I ask um, how being care experience kind of helps you in your role? Yeah, so my care experience is uh, looked after at home, which meant I had a social work uh, or social worker when I was uh, still at home with my parents, um, which is just one of the kind of many different versions of uh, care experience you can have in Scotland. I looked after at home, Scottish specific, Um, but it means that I guess I'm lucky that I'm working for a cause that's really close to me. It's like a cause that I am part of this community Um, so it means that I can relate to the different experiences of the people that I like talk to on my everyday job. Do you think that has impacted your input into Care Experience History Month and developing the month with Who Cares Scotland? Sometimes I'm what I'm conscious of I'm being a bit uh, selfish with Care Experience History Month because I am it's my history as well like I am a care experienced person and all this history relates to me and I sometimes am absolutely fascinated by it and I don't know if maybe I get a bit too caught up in my own fascination that I think other people are going to be fascinated by it but it means that I guess I'm just really motivated and determined and I just want to keep uncovering different parts of history and giving it a bigger like just sharing it and hoping other people get closer to it as well I've been really lucky with care experience history month that I've got to get closer with different academics and historians and learn lots of different aspects of the history from care, from specific groups of siblings to moments in care to different stories of different people that I just am really lucky and it just fascinates me so much and I just keep wanting to share it with other people. Would you be able to end the episode with um, a key um, care experience history fact or story that you really resonate with? When researching Care Experience History Month we try to kind of pinpoint exactly when we could find laws affecting care experience people and we discovered that there is a guy, <laughs> I mean maybe not a guy, a king, his name was King Urnanu who ruled the Sumerian Third Dynasty of Ur between 2112 to 2095 BC and he's the first head of state in history that we can find who intervened in the lives of care experienced people. And that is because within his codes of law, he took steps that protected orphans. And I just thought this was such a crazy figure because if you try and do the maths, which I didn't do because I'm not great at maths, it means that how the state intervenes in the lives of care experienced people is a conversation that's been ongoing for over 4,000 years. Wow. And that's just a length of time that is, I can't wrap my head around even when I read the years because uh, it's BC like I get so like it's really weird when I'm talking about 2112 BC when we're in like 2022 mm-hmm. um, so that's a fact that like I think I say all the time when I'm talking about Care Experience History Month because it's just really shows the vast scheme of how long Care Experience people have been intervened in the lives because of the state. And then the other one I kind of want to talk about. So throughout Care Experience History Month 2021, every single day we shared an untold story. And so this was the stories of Care Experience people throughout history. Um, And they were either well-known figures, but people might have not known they were Care Experience, 
or there are people who they like weren't that well-known figures but they did amazing things uh, throughout history and one of the ones that I particularly liked um, was the story of Aline Sitoa Deata which is probably a terrible pronunciation but she was born in a French colonial empire um, in 1920. Uh, she was adopted by her uncle and when both her parents passed away but then sadly a few years later her uncle died and that caused her to at a young age I can't remember exactly the top of my head uh, she had to move again and during her moving around she joined the anti-colonial resistance and encouraged like the population to kind of refuse cooperation with the French and she became a symbol of resistance and liberty and she went on to do a lot of amazing campaigning work and just working and fighting for the rights of her people. Um, in response to this, like the French authorities uh, were looking to imprison the people that they deemed to be the leaders of the resistance. And unfortunately, she was caught and deported um, and she died in prison uh, a year after being caught. But she still remains a national heroine uh, in Senegal and there's ferry ports named after her and universities. I just love the story of like a care experienced woman back in like 1920s just fighting for the rights of her people. A really great insight more into the care experienced history. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to catch up and talk more about care experience history month.